to the YA Book Jam Christmas Special with your hosts Shelley Mack, Arden Jones and JL Bleakley. So normally each month we select a recent YA book and discuss it, but surprise, we couldn't not do a Christmas special for you guys about one of the most talked books of the year. It was Amazon's fourth best-selling book of the year, Goodreads Fantasy Book of the Year. It's already been picked up for a TV show on Amazon, and if you haven't heard of this book, I don't even know where you've been this year. (laughs) It is, of course, The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaris. It was published in May 2023 by Piekus, and this book is obviously an amazing choice for this year to end the year on, and it was a joint decision by all three of us. So we're all going to share the hosting duty tonight. So without further ado, let's sink our class into it. I'm going to start by reading the blurb. So if you like the sound of it and haven't read this book, probably better to stop after you've heard the blurb and go and read it and then come back and listen to the rest because there will be spoilers. Mm -hmm. 20-year-old Violet Sorengale was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now the commanding general, also known as her toughest talon's mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond to fragile humans. They incinerate them. (laughs) Friends, enemies, lovers, everyone at Biscayath War College has an agenda. Because once you enter, there are only two ways out, graduate or die. Mm. So we see, there we go. Hopefully I've painted a lovely enough picture there for you, everyone. Um, (laughs) We see from the start of this book that Violet has a relationship with her mother that is void of any emotion. Mm -hmm. This is something that always grates on my last nerve. (laughs) Uh, So it had me straight away. Um, She always wanted to be a scribe, but has been forced to join the Rider Quadrant, which feels like a death sentence since she is small and brittle-boned. How do you feel about Violet as a character and her dilemma going into this story? So I really liked the opening. There was tension from the first page and I found it instantly compelling. I had to know what was going to happen. I just couldn't read it fast enough. And I really loved the balance in Violet's character as someone who's physically small and considered weak, but who balances that with being strong-willed and strong of character. And you see early on how her physical weakness has made her a stronger person who's no stranger to pain and who's grown into this determined and brave young woman. And I felt like that was a great sort of build up for what she was just about to face. Mm, Yeah, well, I loved this aspect. So and I think we spoke about it before. So, like, I'm all for an underdog, a protagonist that is against all odds. And, like, we know she's going to succeed. Mm. Like, it's obvious, isn't it? So, but actually, she didn't, oh, and I feel like I'm already giving a spoiler away, but she didn't just succeed. She blew everyone away. And <laughs> I just loved, I loved that about Violet. Um, she's a daughter of a scribe that was always supposed to be her destiny, but to then join the Rider Quadrant, it was like such a plot twist, but one that we knew was coming. But what I really loved here was like learning how or why like Violet was as brittle as she was, finding out like about her mother's pregnancy, why she had pale skin, the pale eyes and hair. And I really loved that character arc with her mum, that really strange relationship, the depth and complexity that it gave. But I think we was all quite confident knowing like Violet was about to kick ass. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's the thing I love most about Violet is just her sort of kick-ass character. She's so strong-minded. Yeah. And I love the fact that this book has a disability rep. I think that's amazing. But what I loved even more about that was 
the right amount of focus on that because what they were focusing on was that it, it didn't matter for Violet, her character itself, because she was so strong minded. And that was mentioned several times throughout the book that there's other ways to be strong in your life, not just through the strength in your body, but through the strength in your mind. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favourite parts of the book. I always feel like I like to read a book that has disability rep, and I will always represent that in my own writing as well. Absolutely. So for me, that was one of my uh, things that resonated most with me, and I loved it. So straight away, I was like, loved Violet from the word go. <laughs> I was like, yep, she is going to be a character that I am going to love, like a pure Buffy type, you know, yeah. just yeah. love her and yeah I was like I, I could see straight away the issues with her mother and I already yeah I think there was a lot of predictability in this book but in the right way and um, so you could see a lot of it coming and that was good I like that and yeah so going in strong start very strong start and um, very strong character uh, from the very word go yeah I loved it yeah definitely and it wasn't just strong from the start it was brutal from oh the start goodness. and yeah <laughs> they had this like horrific challenge they had to complete just to even get into the school and it didn't stop there students were dying every single day during training or whether being attacked by other students it was every man for himself in that school and this all kind of led up to the dreaded threshing when they find out if they'll be chosen by one of the dragons to be their rider and I just felt like that chapter in particular was such a turning point in the story everything just got pushed up another level and mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you guys but I, I just thought it was a brilliant chapter oh, and absolutely. I was actually surprised by the outcome I thought for sure as I read it that Violet was going to be paired with Indarna because they were both small and underestimated and considered <clears throat> weak and I just thought okay well she's gonna be paired with her and then they're gonna like show everyone that they're not weak and that they're actually like the most fearsome two out there like I kind of thought it was going to take that angle so I was really surprised about what happened with the turn and I did not see two dragons choosing her that surprised me and that was a great twist but I'd like to know your thoughts and know if you kind of saw that coming and just what you thought about the chapter as a whole wow there's a lot to think about there so like but I'm going to start with what you first mentioned was the brutality of this book there was so many deaths like you know you feel like you're in Game of Thrones at one point because you just don't know who's about mm -hmm. to come next it was brutal and it was written in such a good way it's like I felt like don't fall in love with certain characters because you know there's one slip one step one breath of fire and mm -hmm. like yeah. a character is gone so just just be just be wary and I was literally like page turning like crazy because it was just so full of action from the start and I absolutely loved it so hooked straight away with regards to like being shocked about certain things I have to say that I wasn't, not when it came to Violet. I feel like she was like in a, and I think Shelley, you said it earlier, like quite, it's quite predictable, but in a good way. So with Violet, and now there, we, there is definitely spoilers, I was not shocked that she was paired with Tern at all. I just felt it was from, from a writer's perspective, that was obvious. The smallest, most like brittle boned girl who's very strong minded is definitely going to be paired with the strongest dragon there and shock everyone. However, I was shocked that she would land two dragons with Andana as well. So although I wasn't shocked by Violet's journey, I was shocked about having two dragons because I didn't think that could ever happen and I loved that aspect and I loved I loved Dandana as well so I was really glad when Violet stood up for her and that completely changed everything yeah, yeah me too 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Totally agree with you. See, when I got to the chapter of the threshing, I knew Jess was reading it. You weren't reading it yet. And I phoned her and I was like, you got to the threshing chapter yet? She's like, no, I'm not there yet. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like one of the best chapters I've ever read in a book ever. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so good. And I was just like, oh my goodness. But I feel like I was not shocked either that she got turned because we knew beforehand that Taryn was unlikely to ever bond with anybody and I was like right she's getting that dragon clearly so I knew that that was coming and and Darna mm -hmm. the little dragon you know everyone was expecting her to get it because they felt like she was the weakest link so I didn't think that that was going to happen but I knew there was some some kind of storyline with this dragon and I loved the way that it all came together how they were all connected together family that was always meant to be and yes. that for me was just like incredibly amazing. And I, when when it got to the point right at the end when she gets both the dragons, or every hair in my body was standing on end to attention <laughs> uh, with full on goosebumps. I was just like, it was just so well written. You just, every scene where some of these books that you read where there's lots of games and challenges, I get a bit lost with mm -hmm. that and I get bored. Yeah. But not with this book. Every single challenge was on point. I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. And as I say, the threshing for me was just probably a pinnacle point in the movie, in the movie, in the book. Um, <laughs> I'm already seeing the movie. Anyway. Um, but I was also reading it on Audible as well as reading it in the physical copy. So when you were reading it on Audible, it was kind of like you were watching the movie. It was so well narrated. But yeah, absolutely brilliant chapter. And I wasn't overly shocked about Tern, but it was a lovely surprise that Andarna was also the secondary dragon as well so yeah that was really really good brilliant part of the book oh, absolutely and I just I love just want to add there that you mentioned like every single chapter had something going on and what I especially loved was how the chapters was laid out so like on every single start we had a bit of Brennan's book or something like at the yeah. top and just that gave you like a bit of an insight into what might happen and what this chapter was going to be about and I loved that but talking about the dragons what did you all think about them did you have a favorite for me and I think it's just obvious Tern was my favorite I loved him he was like the unexpected kind but strong fierce dragon that but also like made me laugh I don't know if it, if it did with you both oh yeah like, totally like <laughs> Like he, he just comes out with like funny little things and it it was just like shocking, I suppose. That was that's another thing that shocked me. But there were points actually when I felt like he could have been a bit stronger, showed a bit more strength mentally, I think, again with Violet, because I felt like sometimes he got a bit of a raw end of the deal. She had a bit of an attitude at points, and I was just like, hmm, don't don't do that to him. Don't say things like that to him. Like <laughs> but I love their camaraderie and I love their connection. What I actually loved more than anything was how the dragons physically and mentally connected with their riders so not just Tern and Violet but all the dragons the way they're in each other's heads how they can communicate their thoughts mm -hmm. and how you know there's that one time with Tern and Skagel I think is that how you say it which totally just blew me away and I was like what am I really <laughs> here it's like dragon ball but still it really made me laugh and I, I just thought it was such a great little plot twist there going on we can see into their like as riders, I'm saying we're all riders now. So um, we, we, we are, we're riders yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And our dragons, <laughs> we can see what they're doing and we can feel what they're doing and it can make us feel very yeah. funny. 
anyway that's how yeah. i'll leave it there so how about how about you so what who was your favorite and why well i think we are very similar with our thoughts here definitely arden i am kind of with you totally like i loved taryn i just loved the sense of humor i loved the banter between the two of them and just how they were able to bond through that and yeah I do think that I do think that Violet pushed his buttons a little bit but she also managed to get away with it and what was interesting to me was they led you to believe before you had your dragon or the, the students were led to believe that you know your dragon could eat you up at any minute so you better you know be good basically like a whole santa claus thing (laughs) santa eat you (laughs) no i'm talking about like be good for goodness sake you know um sorry that see this is where my mind is a bit mental my mind is mental so you're not thinking along the same lines there but uh yeah i just feel as if they don't really let you into that until you've got your dragon and then you actually see ah this is what it's like you're able to talk to them and they're able to speak to you and you've got this connection where they can actually speak to you when you're not even with them in the vicinity like you know whole connected through the mind element I, I absolutely loved it but I feel like because this is quite an intense book going back to what you pointed out about the humor element I laughed so many times in this book like I'm talking about belly aching laughing out loud and Violet was very very funny as well like she's yes. got a very good sense of humor and I, I loved my, my my favorite funny bit. I know this is not the question that was asked, but I'm just going to say it anyway. My favorite funny bit was when they were all kind of walking through um, the area where all the dragons were. Like the dragons were all checking them out, and they were all like, you know, basically walking on eggshells through this point. And there was also a few deaths in that scene as well. But it was the way that there was a really few comical moments in that scene. I was like, I had to stop because I was laughing mm-hmm. so much. And I was like, oh, I love this book so much. It had everything, genuinely everything. It had tension, it had romance, and it had comedy, mm. and a well-needed comedy because when you've got so much tension in a book, you like to have the light-hearted moments as well. And this yeah. definitely provided this all of those elements. So I was, yeah, completely on board. Yeah. But Taryn was my favourite dragon to answer your original question. We finally all agree on something. Yay! <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to find someone whose favourite dragon wasn't Tian. That would so, <laughs> listeners, yeah. just comment on on this and let us know who your favourite dragon was because we want to know. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And I mean, Taryn was my was my favourite because I love how grumpy and sarcastic he was. Mm. Like it just that just spoke to my soul so intensely. I just <laughs> yes, that like would, that would. <laughs> And, um, but you can he has this kind of grumpiness side to him and but you can just see how much he cares for Violet and any character oh, with definitely. a tough exterior who is a sweetheart on the inside is going to be a favorite of mine that's just one of my all-time favorite things and yeah. um, however I will say that I thought and Darna had the cooler power between the two of them the fact that she could freeze oh, everything yeah, for definitely. a few seconds that was really cool Speaking of powers, and Darna mentioned signets reflect who the rider is at their core, and Violet's gift was this kind of wielding of lightning. Now, I'm sure more of that is going to be revealed in the next book, and we'll find out just what all that entails. But I'll be honest, I was it wasn't what I was expecting from Violet. I think I thought her gift might be similar to her brother's, who was a healer, because I definitely thought throughout the story that there was a lot of similarities between Violet and her brother, Brennan who obviously she was grieving and 
even though she had him up on this pedestal and she kind of was like, oh, I'm not like him and I'm not like my sister. I actually thought she was a lot like him or certainly a lot like how she remembered him. He had been mm. compassionate and less violent than her sister seemed to be. And the thing that made Violet stand out from the other writers was her compassion. And it's why her dragons chose her. So I, I don't know what I thought her signet would be, but I thought it would be something that heals or builds or protects. I definitely wasn't expecting lightning what did you think of it? And what, actually, while we're on it, since we're all writers now, <laughs> what signet would you choose? Because I think if it was me and I was in a war, I would want to be able to make impenetrable shields to kind of protect my fellow fighters or civilians, civilians, <laughs> I can't say that word, civilians during a war. I think that'd be- uh, Mere civilians. <laughs> Us riders are so good. Well, okay, I'll, I'll be the compassionate one. I think it'd be really cool <laughs> to have a shield. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, we talk, if we're going to talk about Violet's um, signets, signets, because there's two, like you mentioned, so um, with Andana, her signet was able, she was able to stop time, although it did have a, a, quite an effect on Andana because she was so young. Yes, yeah, so with so with Andana, she could freeze time, and with Tan, she could just make lightning i forgot the word like make just make lightning happen and control control lightning that would even work throughout the book it felt like one gift and i don't know if it felt for you i didn't really feel that andana's gift was like a big thing a big signet um for me it felt like it was just one throughout and, yeah. and it took a long time i think before we learned violet's signets but for me i think I would want to freeze time. I do love the idea of shielding people. I love that. And I think that's really lovely. But if you could freeze time, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need to because you could stop. No. Like, and, and this is like, I'm going now and Dana is fully grown and it doesn't have an effect on her whatsoever. So now we can freeze time and then Violet can just go and take out anybody that, you know, the wyverns and the vennings all them horrible vennings mm. you could just stop them the minute she sees them she wouldn't need shields she wouldn't need anything else that's all you need but i've always like had a, a bit of a thing about that like, stopping time so when i was younger so like i'm just showing my age in the 80s there was this program called out of this world and it was a girl oh i love oh! she put her fingers together and frost time i love would you like oh! to swing on a step oh, <laughs> guys yes. that was well before my time i don't have a clue what you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, nobody's ever heard of that program when I talk oh, to them about amazing. it. They look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. That is so good. I'm so glad you said that. It's made me want to go back and see if I can find it and watch it because I love that. Um, so I would pick. I would pick that gift. I've always wanted to be able to do that, and I'm hoping as the series continues, there may be a little bit more about how mm. this is being used. But as I think as it's been left, we, we're not sure how Andana and Violet's connection is standing, are we, uh, once we've got yeah. to the end of the book. I think we're possibly thinking that this could may have been severed because of what they've gone through. Um, but I absolutely loved the lightning aspect too. It was just amazing. I love that it can kill the venning, them horrible things. But what I really loved was like the meaning behind that, that Violet is the light and Zayden is the shadows and the darkness and they come together. Mm. Um, so I absolutely loved the, I loved the signets, but I would choose to stop time. That would be mine. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, now that you've said that, I think that I would probably like that too. But it's so funny between the two of you. I'm like, <laughs> oh, kind of, I love both of those. When I was growing up and I read the Twilight books, I always wanted Bella's power, you know, just the way that she was able to be the one that protected everybody 
um, in that final fight scene, I was like, yeah, if I could do that mm. for somebody, that would be what I would want to do. Like, but maybe on a grander scale. And these um, signets in this book are obviously much more on a grander scale. Freezing time. I mean, I'm quite stressed about where this is going with Andarna and Violet because it did mention or it alluded to the fact that that gift will disappear when she develops and grows into an older dragon. So I don't even know if we're still going to have that aspect or, or element of her gift or if it will just be that she's a lightning wielder. And when I felt a bit disappointed when Taryn shouted at the end of the chapter, lightning wielder, and I was like, oh, I was like, that's not what I thought she was going to get. But I don't know what I was thinking she was going to get. But when I actually saw the power in use and saw what it could do, I was like, oh, wow, that mm. isn't quite incredible. Like that yeah. literally could be the end of all battles if it's done in the right way and I think that Violet doesn't understand her gift because she doesn't mm -hmm. know how to use it properly yet that gift is obviously going to show itself to her and how she's supposed to use it in the right way where it will define who she is like it will reflect who she is because I think at this moment she's just thinking oh all I'm here to do is destroy the world and kill people and I, I totally felt her pain because I think that was her main problem like being a rider in the first place was the fact that she didn't want to have to go out and kill or hurt people. But like we all know, when there is war and you have to go out into battle, there will be casualties if you want to save your world. So I think she's just having to get her head around that. But it was very conflicting what she was going through. And I really felt it. It was so well written. And I just kept thinking, so glad I don't have to be the person in this book and I just get to read it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I was a bit surprised with her gift, but I think it's going to turn and develop into so much more mm -hmm. in the further books that we're going to read. And I'm so excited to see what's coming next. But I don't want to yeah. read Iron Flame just yet because I don't know when the next one's coming out after and then I'll have to wait for ages. <laughs> So I'm going to um, going to maybe wait till the middle of the year, I think, to read it. So, yeah, so moving on, um, as things heat up between Violet and Zayden, there are a few fairly graphic sex scenes throughout the story. For me, I basically felt at this point, I stopped reading when the first sex scene started to get right into it. And I was like, oh, I was like, hold on a minute. And I was like, is this a YA book? I was like, I have never in my life read anything like this in a YA book. So I stopped and I went and looked it up and I realised it's actually classed as just fantasy, which is more than, you know, adult fantasy. So as soon as I learned that, I was like, OK, that's fine. But I pretty much think that young adults are reading this book. So I think it's one of those weird fantasy rules where you can sort of get away with so much more because it's a fantasy book mm -hmm. and you're creating a brand new world. So it's the rules are a little bit more relaxed, shall we say. Um, so, yeah, I was a wee bit shocked at that point because I, up until that point, I thought I was reading a YA book. So my question moving on to this is, do you feel this was necessary to show the intense physical and emotional connection between Zayden and Violet? Or did you think it distracted from the story? Like now knowing what we know that it's actually, you know, adult fantasy, do you still think it was necessary to the story to have the explicit sex scenes in so much detail? Um, or did you think it distracted from the story? I think it's such an individual and subjective thing. Like, clearly there are lots of readers who enjoy spice in their books, <laughs> and there are so many different levels of spice. I'd say this was, I don't know, what do you think, four chilies, five chilies? I don't know what level of spice this was. I'd, but, I'd say four, um, four chilies. Well, I yeah. don't read that many spicy books, so for me it seemed pretty spicy. Um, I don't know, I guess maybe four, three, four? I four don't know. chilies. Four. Okay, four. four chilies of spice. 
I think for me, kind of two different perspectives. So from a writer's perspective, I feel like a book is a collaboration between the writer and the reader and Mm. I take the reader so far with my story and then there's some aspects where they can kind of fill in the blanks to make the story whatever they need it to be and in this case you know when it comes Mm -hmm. to sex scenes I feel like everyone is so different that I prefer to leave a little bit more to the reader's imagination so then it can be what they need it to be but in saying that as a reader if a book's overly graphic if a relationship's just about lust and just about the sex like that's one thing but when it's a romantic relationship and you kind of have all these emotions coming into it as well sometimes I don't mind the scenes I've read lots of other fantasy books that are like this but sometimes I do think they can distract from the emotion that's going on between the two characters and for me it's the emotion that makes me really swoon and I think the moment for me that I most fell in love with Zayden was when he had Violet's saddle made for her when he worked with her. Oh, just, that was so thought. nice. That was when oh, you realised he really did yeah. love her. It wasn't just a sexual tension thing yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for yeah. me, it was like I, immediately all these scenes played in my... This is where the whole like writer and reader collaboration comes in because we saw a very small snippet of that but immediately my mind just ran wild and I could see all these scenes of like him and Taryn like arguing and at each other's throats and Taryn firing fire right by his head to <laughs> warn him and then like and then having like just because there's these two prickly strong-willed characters that don't particularly like each other but who have this mutual bond of loving and caring for Violet and just knowing all the work and time and effort that would have gone into that that saddle that we only really see in that one scene but he talks about how they had to make lots of different alterations and what like think of all the time that would have mm-hmm. taken and like for me my heart just melted when I read that and then all the flirting scenes and all the kissing scenes between them they actually made my heart rate go faster than what the sex scenes did yeah um, I agree mm-hmm. so, I, I, I like that yeah I don't think necessarily, I'm not reading it and being like, this shouldn't be in here. It has to be out of here. I'm just saying that's like sort of my perspective on it, where the things personally for me that most sweep me off my feet are kind of more the romantic gestures. And sometimes I think if things get far too graphic, it can sort of distract from that a little bit. But clearly it's something that lots of people like (laughs) because it sells a lot of books. Well, I do feel like I'm a a little bit different here. I loved those parts, but I'm going to before I go into that I'm going to touch on to like where I think it sits in the market it's written with such a young adult voice it is yeah it really is but I think with these scenes in it, it gives it that crossover appeal so you have young adult readers reading it and you have adult readers reading it and everyone feels that they can you know personally I wouldn't market it even market this at 16 onwards which is where young adult would sit I mean young adult could sit for 14 mm-hmm. onwards but even like upper young adult it does feel a bit too graphic at times for a 16 17 year old but you know an 18 year old onwards you feel like that's okay it's fine they can be reading yeah. these sorts of things but I yeah I was sort of confused in the aspect of what is this book and I think like you Shelley I did look it up and I wanted to know and I was I was kind of shocked that it's not just given the new adult that's Mm. in between now it's just classed as adult and I think with those scenes in it I I suppose it has to be because they definitely were for for Chili Spicy um but I did, I did love them. It, it, it just gave it something a little bit different. And I, I, I don't read that much fantasy, as you both know. So I wouldn't know how much of this sort of stuff's in it. But when I'm thinking of like Game of Thrones, for instance, which is an adult fantasy, all this is included a lot in those books. So 
it would fit very much well with yeah. very much with yeah. that but yeah, it just it it's just the voice the voice is so it just feels young but does it does it need to be in it no I don't think those scenes needed to be in it I did really enjoy reading them but I think the story would have been just as good if not more um leaving you wanting more without them in yeah. that kind of sense um and I felt their connection so Violet and Zayden's connection was strong enough without those mm. parts but not that I'm saying I, I don't want them in there because I absolutely really oh god I sound like a bit weird now I did really enjoy those parts <laughs> not to that extent um but, <laughs> but I would have loved the book yeah. just as much but I really loved those parts, especially because I loved how it showed their powers working together. Mm. And I felt it just showed a, as much as a connection of like the emotional connection. I did really enjoy the physical connection of them too. And that their signets took part as well in those scenes because you know Violet's using her lightning and she's not sure on how to use it. She's still learning and there's lightning going off and things are breaking. And I just thought it was a really clever way to show how she's not mastering those yet um that mm. even just in those deep emotional times where she is totally not in control of herself not neither is her lightning and I just thought that that gave it something which yeah. maybe yeah maybe it did need to be in to the yeah. extent it was it described maybe not as much but you know I, I've read I've probably read mm. more explicit scenes than that um in romance novels so I didn't think it was too bad yeah, um, I think in the context of adult fantasy, yeah. it's kind of yeah. what you would expect. Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad either. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that it signifies something bigger and more powerful than than just love itself. Yeah. It signified yeah. like power between them both. That you know the way that their dragons are together as well. Their their light, like I said earlier, the light and the shadow, and how that comes together. I was quite happy with those parts. We'll change direction now and talk about Liam. Um, oh, he was what a character! Oh, oh, and we give it, we're giving it away. I've not even spoke about him yet. But let's talk about crying. So, did you both cry when that thing happened? Because I, I very nearly did. I'm not going to say that I did because I didn't, but I, my eyes did well up and I definitely had that. My chest felt really heavy, a typical right. I had a lump in my throat and, and all that business. But yeah, I was probably on the verge of a tear coming out, but I didn't let it free because I still had hope. I was still hoping the whole way through that scene that something good was going to happen that actually he was going to be okay but I was also taken by what had happened to Violet at that time and you know I was like I wanted her to be okay as well so I kind of was in like two places at once there so I didn't cry but that moment with Liam was probably one of the hardest and most hard-hitting upsetting scenes in the book because I loved his character and I would have loved to have got to know him a bit more. I mean, I feel like he'd come in at a really good time and how Zayden had him there to protect Violet. And I, I loved that, but I loved that they developed a friendship. And I think he was just such a brilliant, like, secondary character in the book. And what I loved the most was learning about how his and Zayden's relationship was made. That really blew me away. But what happened to him? literally broke my heart so how did you both feel when that mm. thing I'm no I can't even bring myself to say it, when that happened to Liam yeah I mean I'm with you Arden I didn't physically oh, cry but 
because there was so much other things going on at the time mm-hmm. but sort of sorry my voice is going just thinking about it the bit yeah. that got me um was really his last moments with Zayden oh, yeah. that was kind of the bit when you really knew you're like okay he's dying now this is it no. but um it was so sad Liam was such a brilliant character but I feel like this was a good character death and Shelly's gonna laugh because <laughs> I know, oh, no, I know what you mean in the slightest <laughs> so I have this reputation for saying that some beloved characters need to die in books Ugh. and I stand by it but I feel like if a character dies it needs to be for a reason not just shock value I will say that mm-hmm. much and I think this made sense and spoke to Liam's character but yeah it was heartbreaking and that's good. That just means like the writer did an amazing job at writing his character. And that's actually what you want in these scenes because you want to feel the pain of that death. And But it's, it's war. They're in a war and people make sacrifices. And I think it's important to show that in stories mm-hmm. and not just keep all the favorite characters alive to make readers happy. It's good to show heroes. And the reality of heroes is that they're willing to die for what they believe in and for those they love. And that's a really beautiful, moving and meaningful thing that should also be celebrated in books not just in life absolutely r.i.p liam oh trust you to find a lovely way to put that when you're just all about your character deaths oh anyway i was so mad about this because liam was my favorite character i loved him and she already tried to kill him off a little bit earlier in the book and i cried then and I was like, oh, oh, he's okay, he's okay, it's all right, Violet saved him, he's going to be fine. So you guys maybe didn't cry, but I definitely did, and I find it very sad. But I did see, I do see your point, you know, I think that in very much going back to also Game of Thrones, I sort of learned after reading the Game of Thrones books not to get too attached to mm-hmm. characters that you love immediately because, you know, in those kind of books and fantasy books, they are probably going to die at some point, certain characters. But I, I knew that there was going to be a B character death of probably more than one. So I but I just didn't think it was going to be Liam because it was and then it wasn't and then it was again. So I was yeah. like, oh so it really definitely tugged on my heartstrings. And um, but I guess maybe there was a little bit of foreshadowing there with Liam's character. You know, maybe he was just inevitably going to be the one that was going to die. And I just thought he was such a self-sacrificing character and you know his relationship as you said as well Arden with um, Zayden was just perfect like they had like, this little bromance going and I love a bromance so yeah it was it was it was really 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 sad but it was actually perfectly done if I have to sadly admit that to myself it was done very well um, and in the right way. I'm so proud but, of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't well you done, start. Really. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I had to share something with Jess just yesterday that it came up and it was like I shared it with her and it said it was like a, a written dialogue and it was, it was somebody that said, me, I love this character. And then the author, yeah, that character's dead. And I was like, I was like I'd said that to Jess. I was like, that's so her. Anyway, so talking about foreshadowing, there was a lot of foreshadowing in this book. Especially when you come to the end and you're like, ah, and lots of all the kind of pennies are dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel when you were reading it that any of the plot points took you by surprise or did you see everything coming? So for me, I would say I didn't see everything coming, but there was quite a lot that was predictable and stuff that happened that was like, oh, I'm glad that that's happened because I wanted that to happen. Certainly with Liam, I did get a shock 
as we've just discussed. Um, but I think it probably was a little bit foreshadowing with his death. The ending, which we haven't come to yet, at the very, very, very end, the character that comes in, we'll talk about in a little bit, I predicted that, but not until I was almost close to the end. Oh. I kind of saw it coming. I was like, yeah, this is definitely happening. And then it did. So I wasn't like gasp at the end. And the, we've all also discussed Taryn. I predicted that she was going to get Taryn as well. And so, yeah, I feel like I did see a lot of the foreshadowing coming. I'm, try, I'm actually trying to think if there's anything that really massively shocked me. Again, with Zayden, I obviously we knew he was up to something. That was quite clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of guessed what was coming with that as well. Whenever he was working with the other side, I suspected that way, way, way back, but I also thought that the other side were not what they were being made out to be, because that's always the same in these kind of books. But again, I don't think that's a huge surprise when you're reading that, but I'm interested to see what you guys think about that and if you're on the same page as me. Well, I I agree with a lot of what you said there, Shelley. So like for me, and I think I said it earlier, like Violet's journey was like a textbook character arc wasn't it really but I still loved it so I I was not shocked by any of that I saw her arc coming from the start I was shocked at the pairing of two dragons but I loved that and I loved that that signified the fact that you didn't need to have physical strength to win I loved that the mental strength and the kindness and putting others before yourself was such a strong trait that two dragons wanted you um so that shocked me but what did shock me and and like you said, I knew there was something going on um, with Zayden, and I, I knew that he was doing, you know, what he was doing on the other side. But I didn't, well, I didn't know what he was doing on the side, on the other side. But I knew he, there was something going on, and I did have some kind of idea that was like a rebellion of some kind. But what I wasn't expecting was the introduction of the venning. Really, I, I didn't really see that coming. I know that we'd there'd been little sort of parts throughout where Violet had spoke about what her dad had told her in the fairy tales, but I didn't think for a minute they would be true, that would come true. And I wasn't expecting them to be as powerful as what they were. They're just like, I, I'm picturing them as like critters or gremlins or something. They're yeah. just scary little things. And yeah, and I was not expecting the end. I really wasn't. Um, even when Violet needed the best healer in the world, I did not think, and I'm going to say it, I didn't think it was going to be Brennan. I was not expecting that. I literally thought he was dead. I didn't think for a minute there was a chance he would. He was not dead. Hence why I just delved straight to Iron Flame the minute <laughs> I closed this book and opened the, opened this one. Sent oh, you have you started of it? Yes, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't wait to find out and it's great. Have you finished it? No, 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 but no. I, no. But even it just carries on, and it's like you just feel like you're still living that same story. I'm kind of similar to both of you, but in different ways. So I agree with you, Arden, that I did not see the Brennan thing coming. Like mm-hmm. that really surprised. And I actually knew there was a surprise right at the end of the book because I'd kind of seen memes and things like that. People like being like, "Oh, that last paragraph!" Like, <gasps> so I knew oh. something was coming, but I didn't. That was the furthest thing from my mind like I thought the last paragraph like Zayden and Violet were going to be separated or something or something really bad was going to happen so I was kind of building myself up for that I did not see the Brennan thing coming whatsoever but again like Shelley I felt very strongly the whole way through the book that the rebellion was going to be the right side of this war and we were going to find out that the government had been keeping secrets and covering things up so Mm -hmm. from very very early on I really I felt like that's where we were going with it Mm -hmm. 
that seemed quite obvious. I'd also say that as soon as Zayden was described in his first appearance, which I think is chapter one or chapter two, like right at the beginning of the book. It's, it's, yeah, it's right at the beginning. He's, he yeah. comes because I went back and read it and I was like, oh, Zayden's actually in it right from the pretty mm -hmm. word go. Yeah. Well, from that first description of him, I was like, ah, right, well, he's going to be her love interest. So, like, yeah, very, well, that, like, that was obvious. It was yeah, obvious. It was, very... it was obviously not going to be Dane. Oh, no. oh yeah. could stand yeah. Dane. Oh. No. I didn't it even was... like him from the start. No, me neither. It was like, horrible. So, uh, horrible. Over, overpowering and too... Uh, controlling, too totally controlling. Too yeah, go away, Dane. Yeah, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if he dies. <laughs> We're no. not going to speak about it. We've not said it, but his, that twist with him and what he did. Oh, there we go. Oh, that was, shocking. Yeah. Shocking, but not surprising. Yes, yeah. Yes. Horrible day. Anyway, yeah. as I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I going with that? Hold on. Let me go back to my notes here. Um, oh, I was just going to say, it's a very trophy love triangle with the rule following yeah. the boy and the dark brooding rebel that we've seen played out a thousand times but yeah. I mean even though I totally saw where that was going I didn't not like it like I loved it as I was reading mm -hmm. it so yeah so a little bit similar to both of you with those I mean clearly I was again like both of you I didn't know she was gonna have two dragons choose her as well that was a surprise so yeah it was a bit of a mixed bag for me like some things I kind of saw coming and other but I still had lots of satisfying twists and surprises as I read it speaking of our dark and brooding rebel Zayden at the end of this story we learn that Zayden's been keeping things from Violet which Arden has already kind of alluded to but I may be in the minority here I'm like getting prepared for you two to like totally <laughs> jump on me here and be like what? No, no. I feel like he was completely justified in keeping those secrets from Violet he knew that Dane could read her mind just by touching her and he obviously was far more suspicious of Dane than Violet was and rightly so because we find out that that's exactly what Dane did and Zayden's responsible for a lot of lives he knew that telling her that information would put all of those people at risk so I think he was completely justified they're at war and I'm sorry, just because you're in a relationship with someone doesn't mean that they have to tell you all the classified information they know. And his keeping it secret wasn't an act of distrust in Violet. It was him being a responsible leader. And that goes for her brother, too. Like, by telling her Brennan was actually alive, that'd be putting Brennan's life in danger. And ultimately, if she's being honest with herself, like, Violet wouldn't want that to happen. So the fact she was so angry about all of that at the end kind of annoyed me. Like, I just thought mm -hmm. it was a very immature and selfish reaction to think that her knowing was more important than the safety of all those lives and the war they were fighting. And it kind of reminded me, I mean, I just had to go at you two saying whatever you were talking about in the 80s was well before my time, which it was. <laughs> but this part of the story reminded me of the old black and white movie Casablanca, which mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's set in World yeah. War II. And it's another love triangle. It's actually a brilliant story. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, this part good. of the story reminded me of the part in the end, Humphrey Bogart's character, Rick. So he's part of this love triangle. And he says to his love interest, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. And I just mm -hmm. felt like I wish someone could say that to Violet. Like there's a full on war yeah. happening. There's this rebellion. There's all these, oh, so much is at stake. And you're angry because your boyfriend didn't tell you his <laughs> war secrets. I was so annoyed about it. Um, I just thought you cannot hold that against them. And the fact she was like, we're not a couple now because you don't trust me. I was like get a grip but anyway 
so do you think Zayden was justified in keeping his secret? And if not, when do you think the appropriate time would have been for him to tell her? Well, you know, maybe you don't know me as well as you think, Jess, um, because I am in complete agreement with everything that you just said there. Yeah. I felt as if she was all about, like, Zayden is my world, Zayden this, Zayden that, and then the minute that, like, nothing could have, you know, nothing could have came between them or, you know, stilted them in any way. And then he tells her this eventually, um, but everything is completely justified because he had to protect. It's like it's like the, the greater good, you know. It's like mm -hmm. you, if you could save one person, but the rest of the world dies, it's like a whole Buffy conundrum as well. That happens quite a lot in Buffy, um, and she's got to make the difficult decisions, which she does, and people always hold it against her. But it's just like you have to think about the greater good, and you know all of the people around you. So I definitely think that it was totally justified, especially when he explained about Dane. And after Dane had already, you know, taken those memories from her when he shouldn't have done that, you know, if he could do that at any time and she can't protect it, then he really can't be telling her stuff unless she's in a position where she's not going to be around him. So I felt, yeah, it was absolutely 100% justified. I felt like her reaction was an overreaction and it didn't quite play up to how she felt about him. I think if she really truly felt the way that she felt, she would have some understanding there. But maybe that is a case, maybe that is showing the fact that she is three years younger than him and hence maybe needing to build a little bit more on her own maturity level. And maybe that's coming. However, we've got to have what fat four or five books of this series. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to see them not being together for probably quite a lot of that. So I think it probably plays into that part of the storyline that would be expected in this kind of, you know, uh, love relationship. So I think, you know, she's built that tension there because we know that they're kind of going into the next book not together. But yeah, I do feel as if it was an overreaction, especially after he explained himself. Yes, I, I totally agree with both of you. And I think when it when it comes to just books, I'm I'm always for like the secrets. I just think they make the book, and I'm talking yeah. and, and I'm not talking about now from Violet's perspective. If I was Violet, I'm just talking about as a reader. That was mm. such a good moment to have. It was really good for that build up, and it, it was really good for them to fall out because of it. Although I agree with what you both said, I found her a bit annoying, um, and the fact that she didn't. She was like, well, I don't trust him anymore because he's keeping the biggest secrets from me, even though they're going to save a whole like world, basically. Like, get a grip, Violet. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a secret for a bloody good reason. And Zayden had so much to risk by telling her stuff. Like, you know, we've said it. She's General Sorengel's daughter. She has to be more careful. Dane can read her, read her memories like... Oh, it's yeah. She's she's really gone over the top, and I felt, and I was just beginning to get a bit fed up with with it in that kind of sense. But I really loved that that point of the story, and I just thought it was really cleverly written. Like there wasn't a time really he could have told her, was there? Like until the, like when we're thinking about the story as no, it, as there it wasn't. Is. No, I mean, could he have told her after she told him that she loved him? Like. You know, he, he then knew that she would tr like totally go with him and do whatever it is that he needs her to do, and he she would believe him. But like it could, it would totally have ruined the moment. Like as well, it's not that wasn't the right mm. time to say anything either. And when emotions run as high as what theirs do, there's no like there's no telling what might happen when you when you open up with to somebody like that. So I think he was right in not risking telling her until 
it actually needed to there was until there was no choice but to let her know what was happening and yeah so I I totally agree and I love that you thought we was both going to have different like conflicted <laughs> views to you Jess I was just really getting funny. ready getting still defensive yes. I was but no I I loved I loved the secret part and I think he definitely was warranted in keeping that secret the Brennan one again yes that would be hard for her to take like she thought he's been dead for like six years is it six years and then she finds out he's alive and her boyfriend knew all along I suppose that's that's going to be a hard one to take definitely but I still think it was justified and I think he you know as a reader it was really good to get to that end paragraph and then learn that so yeah Yeah. I found that really really just such a brilliant plot twist Mm. so and as we got to this end like what we found out was that all of a sudden we're not in Violet's head anymore we're in Zayden's the last chapter is being told from Zayden's perspective and I loved that I wasn't expecting it we ended the previous chapter with Violet being like incredibly ill from the poisoned like dagger or knife that the venom had had attacked her with but then so to be inside his head then it was like a pleasant surprise and it really made me like fall in love with him as a character even more to see how he felt about Violet and and then the introduction of Brennan would totally blew me away so yeah I I I loved that I loved that twist at the end um, and I loved getting to know Zayden more so how about you both? I liked having Zayden's perspective I have to say though there are a lot of similarities between this book and the second Akatar book so Zayden is a very similar character to Ryzand. They're both dark and brooding. Both leaders are the strongest in their world. They both wield shadows. They're both in love triangles with the main character and are thought to be evil, but you find out they're actually the good ones. And A Court of Mist and Fury also ends with Ryzen's point of view in the last chapter. So I found it quite interesting just how similar these two books are. Kind of yeah, it just kind of just shocked me a little bit. But I did like having a glimpse into Zayden's mind. Was it necessary to the story? I'm not sure yet. I haven't started Iron Flame, but I do wonder if, similar to the Akatar series, if then the next book, you can tell us, Arden, because you've read it, but um, <laughs> if the next book then starts in his point of view, or if it's a dual point of view between him and Violet, and is this hinting towards it, I don't know if it's necessary to the story I'm, I'm just not sure yeah I'm quite interested to to know that as well um maybe Arden can say a wee bit more about that in a minute too I feel like I liked I, I always like having other people's perspectives in my books and I will always choose that if I if it was an option so I I think it was quite good because you don't actually know for sure if the poison that has hit Violet has actually affected her in any other way and you can't know that because you're not in her head so I kind of liked that you were, I was kind of second guessing that part at the end. And I was like, is she actually okay? Or is she putting on a front? I didn't know because we were in Zayden's mind. But I really love to hear how he truly felt about her because you can't get away from that when you're in someone's head. And a lot of the time he tried to shy away from that in the book because um, he didn't want to put play his cards. So I, I liked it. I liked the fact that it ended. I thought it was a strong, strong way to end. But that will lead us on to the ending as well. And we've already mentioned about the shock end where Brennan is actually still alive. 
but this posed a lot of secondary questions for me. So my first thought was, does Mira also know that he is alive? And what side is she fighting on? And where does the mother fit in here? Um, she obviously has played quite a an influential part in her side of the world. So what is coming next with that? So there's lots of thoughts going into the next story for me and where my mind was at at this point. I, my next thought was, well, obviously, uh, Zayden knows that Brennan's been alive, which we've also mentioned, and he must have known this for quite some time. But whilst I understand why Zayden couldn't tell her this, couldn't tell Violet this, and she's finding out now because there's no other choice but to find out, I also feel as if if I was Violet and I found this out, I feel as if her reaction to this being, you know, well, I don't know how I can ever get over the fact that you've known that my brother's been alive and you've never told me. I think that's justified to the degree that, yes, she might be able to understand it, but can she ever get over the fact that she, that, that he's known that her brother's been alive and she's not been told about it? You know, if I was Violet and I was told, you know, sorry, sorry to tell you this, but your brother has been alive for the last six years. I've not been able to tell you for the safety of our world. And you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this. That is how I think as a human being, I would feel, yes, I understand that you couldn't have told me this, but knowing that you've known that and I've not known that, I don't know how I could ever be together with you. Even if that's, that's just keeping her brother safe, like him keeping that secret was keeping him safe. So agreed, him safe. agreed. I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like personally, it's understandable, but knowing that somebody that you love so intimately in every way has known something so valuable and so something that you would have always wanted to have known and they've known that and they've not been able to tell you that would completely put a span on the works for a relationship if it was me i'm just saying if it was me definitely the perfect way to create romantic <laughs> tension like maybe over time obviously over time i'm assuming they're going to end up together um maybe i'll be wrong i don't know maybe somebody else is going to come into the next book and just going to have another love interest i don't know i hope not <laughs> 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 that is my thoughts on that one so I'm interested to know because I don't think that you will agree with me on those thoughts but that's that's just me from a personal point of view yeah. that's where I was at yes I, I I understand I totally think you know I would have those thoughts too if that was me but I'd think that I would eventually you know I don't know after how long but would then realize that I wasn't strong enough and I hadn't learned how to shield in order to keep my brother safe that that was the right thing to do I think I would have got there but I think initially initially sorry I still don't know if I said it right that I would still I would be upset I would be upset that my brother yeah. I didn't know my brother was alive but I think I would have got over that from the shock and then gone okay um if I had have known I hadn't learned how to shield Dane could have took my like read my memory like he has done it was definitely the right thing to do and mm. Zayden was right in how he approached that and he did eventually tell me and I would have he would have and he trusted me enough to it just took that time and I think I would have got to that point but I think yes initially I would have really struggled with that but like I said earlier I did not guess that was what was going to happen I did not think for a minute that Brennan was alive it really just really made me happy when I was reading this book you've both said like oh do I know a little bit more from reading and yes I do so the book is then continued in Violet's perspective I've not got to a point where maybe it changes Ooh. point of view so at the moment 
it's been Violet's point of view only. Um, and Mira does not know. So I would have guessed that though, like from reading the first book, my, my assumption at the end was that Mira couldn't know. Like there's no way she could have known. No. Um, no. So I was kind of thinking that anyway. Well, I think we could have talked about this book for hours already. I think this has been our longest recording that we've done, but I assumed that that would be the case. So uh, we're going to move on. I've loved chatting with you guys. And I hope that everybody that's listening, I hope you've enjoyed our Christmas gift to you. And I know that this will be a popular uh, podcast because it's been such a popular book. So I want to take this opportunity to wish everybody a happy holiday season and all the best for New Year. And we will see you next year. Yes, we hope all your dreams come true next year and we can't wait to see what other literary adventures we're going to have in 2024 with you guys. And I just want to say thank you all for listening. We've been so overwhelmed by the support that our little podcast has gotten so far and we couldn't do it without you all listening every single month. So thank you very much. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas and and Happy Happy New Year! We're so not good at talking at the same time. (laughs) Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) This has been YA Book Jam with Arden Jones, Shirley Mack and JL Blakely. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YA underscore Book Jam. And if you enjoy this podcast, rate, review and subscribe when you listen. To watch Arden interview authors and illustrators, check out Kidlet Live on YouTube and follow on Instagram at Kidlet Live. You can also follow Arden on Twitter and Instagram at Arden Eliza Jones. You can also follow Shelley on Instagram at Shelley Mac Books for her author keys and name. And you can follow Jess at JL Bleakley on Twitter and at j.l.bleakley on Instagram.